is the line with Mickey and Willie. Good evening, strangers. How are you doing? Well, firstly, um, I want to apologise for the lack of shows recently. Well, there's not really been a lack of shows, but... No, there has, hasn't there? La- Do you know, last week, actually, just plain forgot. Mm. Well, the week before last, it got to Friday, and I thought, oh, shit, I haven't put a podcast out, mm. which was weird, um, and something that I need to address, really. I mean, how can you just plain forget to put one out? <laughs> Life gets busy, and, it you know, we're, we're very sorry to the listeners. And very sorry indeed, strangers, yeah. <laughs> We know you no. missed us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people, do you know what makes me laugh is that people do actually notice. Mm. I do actually get the odd message saying, Mike, where's the podcast? Is my, is my app broken? Mm-hmm. Reserved um, some time on Sunday and you weren't there. That's yeah. right. They wait eagerly, much the way Wednesday. You, Every yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, much, much the way you'd wait for the next episode of EastEnders on a you know, Thursday <laughs> evening. <laughs> your, your, dinner's, I can to that, yeah. your dinner's on the tray in front of you. You turn on the box and then. It doesn't come on. I mean, you're, you're upsetting these people. Yeah. Uh, are we Do you all know like what? I used to ha- actually have my tea on a tray. I did as well, and watch yeah. EastEnders. Do you know regularly? Wh- wh- why do we call dinner tea in England? Tea time, as in really, like five o'clock in Yorkshire. Anyway, it's tea time. Mm-hmm. Like, come in for your tea, Mike. It's a northern thing, I think, because yeah. a lot of people in the north, you know, they can't afford dinner, so they just have tea. Mm. So. <laughs> Well, for me, like yeah, dinner's, dinner's lunchtime. Yeah, me too. Wow. That is true. Yeah. yeah, dinner time's lunchtime. Do they eat it like? Do they eat dinner like at nine o'clock like they do in Italy? No, no, not that late. No way, man. No, we're like five thirty, six o'clock. Okay, high, that's high good. High tea. High tea is a high name tea. for the evening high meal, tea. usually associated with the working class, and is uh, <laughs> <laughs> typically eaten between five and seven. Working class. High okay. tea. Does this I've include? I've just exposed myself. Does this include <laughs> some kind of green substance? High tea. I feel a lot better yeah. now because I wish this, it did. this bit says, uh, "In the south of England, the midday meal is almost universally called lunch, with dinner being the evening meal, regardless of social class." So I feel a lot better. About mm. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We still, us, us dirt as poor people, still have dinner in the evening, yeah. <laughs> and it's also a Thai thing now. It's, it's a Thai word that's entered the. Uh, the Thai vocabulary is dinner. They they actually use dinner. The, yeah, if they're really? going out to eat the thing. Chingla, wani ben wanarai, wani ben wan mare. It's uh, Mother's Day today, <laughs> so they would say, "A mare, bay 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 dinner, mate. Would you like to go out to dinner um, tonight, Mum, for Mother's Day?" It's oh. worked. It's snaked its way into the what language. What a lovely sentiment! What yeah. a lovely sentiment! And it is Mother's Day today. We should yeah. put yeah. a shout out to all the Thai mothers. Yep, well, to all the mothers. You know, I had to why my mother this morning. My mother, my mare. I had to yep. why her. And uh, it's the first time I've done that, actually. So I got, uh, got us one of those flat, you know, the ornate kind of ringed flower things with the... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call those, just flower, flower arrangement. Garland. Garland, garland yeah. Garland. So she got, she got us, me a garland. And just before, because my mum was over, her, her mum was over, because we'd just been to Patia. So... This morning, me, Oi, and her sister, we all knelt down in front of mm. her and, like, proceeded to sort of give her the flowers and touch her hand. And then, like, you know, when you, you go down to the floor and, like, touch mm-hmm. your head on the floor. You went down on your knees in front of your mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Get the imagination you went, can do the you rest. You gave her a little lick while I was down <laughs> you, there. You went down on your mother-in-law you're admitting for Mother's <laughs> yeah. Day. Impressive. Yeah. That's <laughs> impressive. Head on the floor. She was, scre- <laughs> she was screaming. <laughs> Just imagine you sneaking wow. your way across the floor with your head dragging on the ground. <laughs> <laughs>
We got the sound effect button going. <laughs> well, as long as she's happy. Yeah. Uh, are you good at giving... Did I tell you the story about... The, no, no, he just interrupted no, me. No. I was just about to say, you're good at giving head. No, he, <laughs> he sent me a message uh, last night and said, uh, Jimmy, I'm sorry, I, I cut in a lot. Was it? I cut off. I cut, cut off a lot. Off a lot. Yeah, so, I just thought, did it so I thought I'd cut you off now. You cut. Mm. Um, there was a guy who was having trouble with his girlfriend. Did I tell this story on um, the podcast before? I don't I remember. Know. I don't and know. And he asked Gone. the Thai guy, what phrase could I say to make her feel better? and to apologise for uh, my behaviour because he had gotten drunk or something at a family event. It was probably on Mother's Day, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so he asked this Thai guy um, who owned the, uh, who ran the uh, apartment block where he lived, and the Thai guy said, what you need to do is go up to her and why hands put together in the prayer motion um, politely and just say, hee-hom, hee-hom. Okay, and for our listeners, he means uh, female genitalia, and hom means smells good. So he went up to his mother-in-law <laughs> and told her, your, your pussy smells good. Oh, wow. You know, and he, he, it was his fault for not double-checking, obviously. Yeah. But I, w- I wonder if she would be strangely flattered, like, oh, I'm glad you noticed. James, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said he was Thai? You said he was Thai? No, obviously he's a Frank. Yeah, he's, yeah, his okay, girlfriend's okay. Thai. Right. He doesn't know what he's saying. He just yeah. trusted that these words were a polite thing to say in the local checked. language. Oh. He didn't double check it. Yeah. To be honest, that's something I would do. So you're good at giving head <laughs> <laughs> to a woman. I mean, not a man. <laughs> Part of my favour, dear. Absolutely love it. I, I think I'm pretty good at it, to be honest. But yeah. you know. I, I think every man probably thinks they're pretty good at it, but I, I think I can I can get my wife off pretty quickly with my tongue, like thirty seconds. Yeah, thirty seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's what's the technique? I mean, like, Do you go for the, the alphabet technique or what? What's the What's the alphabet technique? You don't know the alphabet. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is it? The letters. Well, you, you just trace the letters, or imaginary oh. letters, um, A through to Z. And I guess by the time you get to Z, she's all finished. Yeah. If you were to take, use that technique. Wow. Well, which, what which what technique know? do I use? So, so legs spread, <laughs> like in front of your face, and then you. Oh no, I can't. No, no. You got the thumbs up there. What yeah, you yeah. Doing? You, well, you use your thumbs, don't that? you, to part the. Um, the, How big are the they? Curtains. <laughs> the curtains. <laughs> the beef curtains. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, you do that, do that, and then. <laughs> <laughs> he just showed us what he did. Yeah, it's <laughs> unfortunately a podcast only an audio. Like medium. a baby bird, just waiting for its mum to. Like a budgie's, yeah. a budgie's tongue. <laughs> a budgie's tongue. See, I, I put I put it on like a, a tornado scale. You know what the tornado scale is? The, you know, the F1, F5. Yeah. You start off on F1, F2, F3, <laughs> F4, and then oh, F5. And So what, what you couldn't see there is that Jordan was... Um, circulating the circulating boat. Yeah, they're finger. doing the tornado motion. I call it the tongue twister. His index finger in a, in a, in a clockwise motion. <laughs> and then um, switches to anti-clockwise. Yes. Yeah. Mix it up a bit. Varieties the space but, of life. <laughs> But I, I must admit, I do start quite quite timid like that, you know, just with tongue. But timid. <laughs> but then at the end, what an adjective! Like a mole emerging from its burrow. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the whole face is in there, you know, oh, just. Man. <laughs> 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 oh, 
There's a sound effect button again. <laughs> so it's kind of a Neanderthal technique. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting, uh, you're and, barbaric. And, and, you know, if you're tired, then you just lie on the ground and get it to ride your face. Probably mm. how I got conjunctivitis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. What's that? Um, herpes of the eye. <laughs> I thought, we, I thought it was <laughs> nipple, nipple, pink, nipple pink herpes. Sounds nicer, but you're right, yeah. Pink eye. Is that why you've been in the hospital then? Uh, no. Oh, Completely <laughs> unrelated. No. It's got a myriad of... But you, you, the shit thing is, like, when I first joined my band as well, the, the, the first time I met them, they had a photographer. So it was like, yeah, well, come along and have a jam and uh, see what you think. And uh, we've got this photographer coming as well. And I, and I had conjunctivitis, so like, one eye was like, <laughs> one eye was pretty much closed. And this photographer's taking all these promo, yeah. promo pictures. So if you ever see the black and white promo of us, I look like Tom York or something in it. <laughs> like like, like you're sucking a lemon. Or like I've had a stroke or something yeah. like in every photo. Um, so we should explain we've got Paul on the show again. Yeah, Paul Lindsay. Hello. Hi, Paul. Greetings. How are you? Good on the mend. Yeah, I wanted to get I wanted to get you on to to go deep into uh, some mental health stuff, mm-hmm. and we will we'll go there. But let's let's continue down this um, pussy licking route for the no <laughs> uh, no we will go there. But um, if you're if you're okay to talk about that, stuff. yeah, absolutely. But yeah. But, but what I, what I really wanted to um, just address first is that is that Jordan's back. Our I'm back. Yeah, our long lost yes, brother back. back back again. again. Um, <laughs> so. Thanks for leaving us high and dry. Uh, firstly, and secondly, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. And thirdly, what what the hell have you been doing? Uh, I've been kind of laying low. I just started new, the new job, so uh, I got back the twenty fifth. Went to patio the weekend. I got back, and that was pretty wild. Played some golf. Are you good at golf? No. no. I, and there was a joke. They say Arnold Palmer is playing with the amateur, right? Mm-hmm. And they're playing, and the amateur thinks he's doing good. So this is right. – I'm the amateur. This is Arnold Palmer, right? <laughs> so uh, the amateur says to Arnold Palmer, he goes, hey, I'm, 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 I'm playing, a, I'm playing a, a good game back there, right? And, he go, and Arnold Palmer goes, yeah, you're playing a game. I'm playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm that guy who's like golf hitting, jokes. H- hitting drives left and right. And Fuck, you know. But yeah. what what was what was being home like? It was good. Yeah, it was it was it was it was, it was uh, it was kind of uh, emotional a little bit because I'm going to be away for about two years now. I go home yeah. usually every year, so. But I'm excited for the new journey and to be on my own for a little bit and spread the wings a little bit. How was how was like, how were all your old mates and family and stuff? I didn't really run into a lot of old mates. Probably just Didn't one it? from about eighth grade. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of kept. But I go, you must home, have gone I go home and I beers. hibernate. You know, I just yeah, I'm seeing a few people, but I just go home and just basically hibernate. You right. know, after a long year of teaching, you know, a lot of people says, "Oh, teaching," but it man, it takes a lot out of you, man. Dealing with kids for ten months. And where 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 were you staying? Where were you? Uh, Washington State. Of course, yeah. We yeah did the. Did we have you on? The, we did do a, did, a yeah. phone podcast. Jesus, right. It's uh, okay, in the yeah. archives for yes. for the future. Yeah, go and listen back. Yeah. So, so nothing to report from Washington State. No, not really. Everything was good, right. but I'm glad to be back. And have you started your new job yet? Uh, I did. Yeah, I started a new job. I got six students. Pretty six. happy. Yeah, six. Is that normal? No. Yeah, not don't by normally any means. get like twenty. About yeah. So why, why is that? Have you got a special needs class? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, that was, just, no. that was a serious question. No, it is, it, it, is a, it is a legit question. I mean, we're just chuckling up. Because that's the first thing that came out of your mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a regular class. I, the, the school's only about three years, three or four years old. So, uh, Have you got any Nazis? Any Nazis? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any Nazis in this part James has got a Nazi. Oh, I a, Nazi. a student whose name's Nazi. Oh, his name? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he's it. very good at um, very good at science. How is it, how is it spelled? <laughs> he's quite good at art. Quite good at you eugenics. Know, the first the first week, I had to tell him off for locking Mirav in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> but he's a, I think he's an Islamic kid, and it's actually Nazim or something. But they yeah. they, they they shortened it to Nazi. Do the other kids wonder where their paintings keep disappearing? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go into the showers with him. Yeah, not showers. No, but I, I got back uh, the 25th, and then the weekend right right after, I went to Padia and just saw some weird shit. Who was? I went to Padia uh, for a bachelor no, party. So, I'm, I'm no, sorry. he said who was who oh. was no, going no, to no no no, I no, said, no stop. That's what he said. Um, what did you see in Padia? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I just tell one story? Yeah. Yes. All right. As well, long as it involves who was. <laughs> <we're, laughs> We're sitting at this pub, not a pub, it was a go-go bar, there's, you know, you're there, and uh, this guy, he was uh, from, he was actually from the United States as well. Yeah. I'm sitting there having a beer, and all of a sudden I turn around, and this guy's got a, you know, stripper's ass in his face, and he's just like looking at it, just intensely <laughs> looking at this ass, Yeah. and I literally turn around to order another beer, and I, I turn back around, his face is Full on deep eating ass in the middle of the go go bar. Yes. Was really? this yeah. windmill a go go bar chance? <laughs> <laughs> was that a, <laughs> that I, I don't want to <laughs> say names of bars, but I'll say you're, you're along the path of. <laughs> 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 yes, it was uh, in, that, in that vicinity, we'll say. What's and, windmill uh, a go go bar? A go go bar. It's unreal, is it? Like, yeah. I've seen shaven and everything. What's well, like filthy? And then, and then the same, the same, the same guy, the, the the same stripper handed him a condom, and he looks at the condom. Oh no! Like, so it's this place. He, it's he, this place we he, were talking he, about. He, he says, "What what do I do with this?" And, and then put it on my, his my, my friend said, "Dude, you put it on your hand." So it's the place I was talking about with Fisting. the Richie show. He put yeah. he put the condom no. on his hand, oh. and he went f- about four fingers deep inside. I'm st- oh. I'm sitting there like. God, sounds amazing. This is this is like you know you expect this is shit that you hear. Not you're sitting right next to the guy who's doing it, mm. and I'm just like, yeah, it's called the Circle Bar, I think, or the Magic Circle. It was it was what it was, was really fucked up though. It was in her ass. It wasn't actually in a vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was. Time I went there, there was oh. a there was a guy just sat like on the ground floor where they've got the the girls dancing in the middle and stuff. This old guy sitting there, just sipping away on his gin and tonic or whatever. Mm. And a girl came, comes and and can bends over in front of him, and he, he just like really nonchalant, just kind of takes off his glasses, spectacles. Kinda, yeah, just kind of <laughs> gives him a little clean, puts them <laughs> them on the bar, and then he just he just dives in, and he just kept going, and then he what would, he a would wonderful be, little detail. That yeah, would be he'd be eating an arsehole, and then he would stop, and then he would just start tugging this other girl who didn't mind that he had just been like like an asshole oh, and then dear. like he started going going down on her and, and like there was razors there was a shaving and everything going on like it was nuts. you wonder why those diseases get spread around don't exactly you, mm. that. yeah that that antibiotic resistant gonorrhea that's been sweeping <laughs> asia sweeping the nation yeah. but 
uh, th- this is this sounds amazing to me. I can't wait to get down there and go there. You but, were just there. Uh, I know, but I didn't go out the Ravindra uh, <laughs> estate. We just stayed. We, we were in a hotel outside Patia, John Tien, I think. I don't even know where it was, to be honest. Um, but not, like the, the normal go-go bars, correct me if I'm wrong, I've not been there for a long time, but there's no real touching and that kind of thing, right? But here it's full, like, fisting and eating arse yeah, and all that Yeah, it's like the last cigarette saloon of debauchery in the world, this potato place. And, um, it's like the last days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, anything still really goes there. Really? The tombstone of Thailand. Tombstone. Yeah, See that it's movie kind tombstone. of embarrassing. Goes, uh, yeah. I, I, th- I think they should just build a casino there and get it over with, <laughs> you know, or a couple of casinos. But then you'd have the Chinese come over and it'd lose some of its kind of Western decadence. I don't know. I, I, I like the seediness of it. I think there should be places like this in the world where people yeah. can go and just... Uh, Liberating. Liberate themselves. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I, I don't know, I've, I've spoken about it many times on this podcast, but we are quite sexually repressed, aren't we, in, in the West? In the it, West. Yeah, West. And in the East as well. Um, yes, I mean, the natural I guess condition that's right. is. I guess it's when East meets West. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. that's it. When, there's, when, the, really when the cultures the collide, there's, so, there's such a large grey area yeah. that people can uh, kind of um, exercise their um, libido and their, you know, their, their free will in that grey area. Yeah. But it's a fascinating subject. But, it's but a strange place. What, what would be like a real sexually liberated country? Like Denmark? No, sorry. Denmark? Uh, no, not Denmark. German? I mean, um, uh, Amster- where's Amsterdam? Amsterdam. Holland. 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 We only got one area, yeah. though. It's just, like, it's just like, I think Thailand. No, oh. but Thai people. I mean, if you see my wife. Berlin Before is really she met free. me and my wife's mother, they're, they're not mm. sexually Berlin, yeah. Yeah, before the war. That was pretty, pretty, uh, decadent. pretty wild and decadent, yeah. Really? And still is to a certain extent. Yeah, Berlin. Oh, yeah. I've not been to these South American countries. My son's just gone to Brazil on an exchange trip, and I reckon you could find some decadent areas in uh, in that country. Pick up an STD very, very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, So where 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 are people just getting their rocks off? Cambodia's pretty hardcore. Pull on pens. Why don't we pull it up on the internet? Really, just spreading their seed everywhere. Just coming in every orifice and. Just emptying their sack daily. Well, where's that happening? Because uh, I want a one-way ticket there. Greenland. Is Do you think? Santa's entering. Yeah. Oh, Iceland, yeah. Maybe one of these like, really cold countries. Yeah, yeah, because it's so cold, they, they like to huddle up together. Yeah. Regularly. Oh, yeah, in those cold countries, yeah. Czech Republic, named most decadent country, Prague. Yep. Really? Yep. yep. Pra- oh, yeah, well, I've been to Prague on a stag and that certainly yeah. was very... Uh, I went to... Um, yeah, Bloomberg says that Czech Republic is right. the most decadent country in the in world. In fact, no, I've been to Czech, Re- Czech Republic twice, and the, f- the first time... It says a truly bohemian country. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. The first, I, was it Czech Republic or was it Slovakia? Anyway, I went to this uh, strip joint called Sofia's. Because uh, the first time I went with work, mm-hmm. um, we, had, we were building a, a warehouse out there. Very very nice um and we went to this strip club called sophia's um 
Ooh. And my boss was basically eating out women. Did you have a um, dyslexic fixer? No. Because you said you went to see a warehouse, but you ended up <laughs> in a whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so we got top five here. We got Czech Republic, number one. Slovenia, number two. And I figured those Eastern Russian countries are... Those uh, uh, those Eastern European yeah. places Not because so they were so they were countries. so yeah they were so repressed by the yeah. Soviet Union for so long yeah, Estonia, yeah but they're all on that Latvia, crocodile Australia, Australia comes in at number three Armenia four Bulgaria five so yeah the Eastern European countries okay. is that just in Europe though no uh, yeah, it's, no, it's it? world oh Australia was mentioned was it mm. mm-hmm. right have you have you ever seen the pictures of crocodile Horrible. Ooh, that, uh, that's terrible. Scaly skin. Oh. Yeah. Have you have like, you seen that, James? No. There's this like cheap type. alternative to heroin that's like they they use like sulfur from uh, matches and battery acid right. and a couple of other things, and it basically makes this cheap um, um, heroin substitute. Hub- heroin substitute. Yeah. And uh, let let me show you a couple of pictures. Yeah. yeah it looks like a like a flesh eating disease. You know, it really yeah. eats away at you. And, because it's, oh, right. it's basically once, toxic. Once you start using it, it gets inside you and like rots you away or something. Yeah. Um, it's like gangrene and all that kind of stuff. That would, you know, easily opened wounds and desamorphine. It's called. Yeah. Hmm. There's all this crazy shit like bath salts too. All this, all these nasty fucking drugs. Like something would never click for me to say I'm going to do bath salts. You know yeah. what I mean? It's amazing what people begin? do to their body to get out of their mind, doesn't it? Mm. Who's, who starts that, you know? It's like, oh, I've just, I've just been a lush oh, and got yeah. myself some bath bombs and stuff. <laughs> you know, I might just go get smashed but, up on them. But what, what you might know or you might not know about bath salts is it's just meth. But mm. it's kind of like one molecule different to meth. And every time that molecule gets found by the DEA or wherever, it gets shut down and then they make one, just one molecule removed. Well, it's mm. like in the UK when... Um, uh, bubbles or uh, MCAT or whatever you want to call yeah. it. it was really popular about ten, ten years ago me, or whatever. Yeah. And it was uh, it was sold as plant food. Yeah, and it was just like slightly modified or whatever MDMA, each time. Yeah. They kept kind of shutting it down, and it was slightly modified. And yeah. I mean, you could you could go online and, and order kilos of it. You know, mm. just listed as plant food, and, mm. and everyone was was getting off their tits yeah. on mm. it. You know? I do remember that. I do remember that. And now they have the uh, synthetic marijuanas as well, don't they? Spice. It's called. What's this flacker stuff? What's that all about? Oh, the zombie drug. I, I don't know. I don't know I've, much I've about it. I've seen videos of people on it. And yeah. It just looks like... And that guy, that sort of jock uh, school guy killed that family with a hammer. Did you hear about that? No, that was, was flacker related. Yeah, it? yeah. He was just a normal school kid, really. And uh, he walked past this... Uh, basically, this couple were in their garage, open garage, watching TV in America. There must be an American thing, is it? People have televisions in the garage. The den. Anyway, uh, yeah, they, they were on a cul-de-sac, so they, you know they'd, they'd open the garage, they'd watch TV, and they'd say, "Hey, howdy!" to their neighbours and shit like that. And this guy walks past on flacker and beats him to death with the hammer. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny, but just Why imagine. Are you laughing then? <laughs> I just got a picture <laughs> of them just being like, "Hey, how's it going?" This guy just fucking howdy, partner. This guy turn, makes a I U-turn with fucking a fucking show. hammer and fucking <laughs> clobbers a family. It's just fuck. Well, let 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 me see if I can get a uh, a death report. Oh, that's fucked. <laughs> flacker death garage. No, flacker murder. Garage, that'll, that'll be better, won't it? Flacker murder, garage. Um, 
face-eating frat boy. Yeah, he was on Dr. Phil as well, yeah. this guy, yeah. He was on Dr. Phil. Face-eating frat boy. The guy that boy. just just bit someone's nose off and started uh, Was this on different? Face? Hang on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I'm sure it was a hammer anyway. Anyway, let's let's read this one. A college, well, it was a college student, so it's probably this one. I was, I might have, um, I might have sort of woven two stories together. But a college student has been charged with a double murder and taken to jail two months after he stabbed a South Florida couple to death and tried to bite the face off one of the victims. Austin Harrowuff, who's nineteen, was charged on Sunday, was noticeably thinner after a stay in hospital following the August fifteen attack didn't answer any questions, blah, blah, blah. He was charged on August 15th the killings of John Stevens and Michelle Mishcon, 53, at their home in Tequesta, Florida. He was also charged with attempted murder of Jeff Fisher, who was stabbed after he heard the couple's screams and ran. Um, waiting for toxicology test. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's the one in the garage, but... I think I remember that story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's disgusting anyway. Um... But flacker, it just looks it, normal. Is it the it? stuff I'm thinking of? It looks like weed. It really? looks like grass, and you smoke it. Is it this shit? Because uh, a friend of mine, a guy I knew, oh, uh, so, told, told me this story about taking it. Yeah. But what does it look like? What does this flacker look like? Well, hang on. Let me open another. Does tab. it look organic? Oh no! I want to keep that Dean Cole one open. The serial killer. Um, flacker. Just go Google images. Flat. No, it's like a crystal, too. Yeah, I would have thought it was a crystal. Okay, yeah. so it's different shit. It looks like popcorn. No, it doesn't at all. It looks like crystal meth, basically. Um, but sorry, just to finish this just to finish this story off, that... Uh, yeah, the victims were stabbed with Harrowaf's pocket knife and may have been attacked with tools of opportunity in the garage. So that's right. Uh, he walked past them, and basically they were sat in the garage watching TV, and uh, he he stabbed them to death. It's 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 horrible, isn't it? Why these? Why? You know, I was thinking the other day. Isn't it funny how there's loads of people in America, specifically, in jail for for marijuana, mm-hmm. um, when there's all these like multinational pharmaceutical companies like peddling these extremely strong opiates Mm -hmm. and they're like I don't know they're free to walk it just seems population control that is do you reckon yeah Mm. absolutely it's part of this uh, keep people keep people sedated like keep them off their nut yeah okay I, I completely agree I completely it's agree. More, with that. It's what, more money what, orientated, what, I think. What if well, this MK Ultra? This, this MK Ultra privatization. Kind of, it kind of morphed into pharmaceutical drugs. Remember yeah. MK Ultra mind control? Yeah. So uh, well, have you ever read the the tenants of the MK Ultra program? The tenants. Yeah. W- would you call them tenants? Like the um, the what would be the word? The, the things that MK Ultra wanted to achieve. So wouldn't that be tenants? Oh, uh, you mean like the, the, ga- the, the aims, the goals? Yeah, yeah. Well, they wanted to build a Superman, didn't they? This, uh, what, what's the German word for the, uh, 
all-powerful, all-knowing man. Well, I'll... I'll the, the but they used the wrong drug. They used LSD. And <laughs> 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 it doesn't really enhance your Look, I think abilities as they thought it would. If were. they really wanted to... Um, to prevent <coughs> stuff like heroin and, and cocaine and whatnot making its way into the UK, they, they, they could probably re- they could probably do it. But yeah. then there will be you know there will be a story every now and again saying oh they they, they managed to uh, intercept a boat and, and and it had something like three hundred kilos of coke or whatever in yeah. it. I mean that just looks good. I mean it looks like they're doing something. But if you know if they really wanted to, they they could probably stop all that yeah. shit coming in. In fact, do you think it's the government that's bringing most of the stuff in? Probably, right? It's a lot of money. I think it. Yeah, it's a it's, lucrative business. Someone's got to yeah. make that money. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, um, I mean, the thing is, you need to address the reasons why um, people are taking drugs and the reasons yeah. people feel the need to escape um, everyday reality. I think if, if you do that, um, then it doesn't really matter about controlling the drugs because I think people always yeah, because people choose alternatives. It's like that rat park. Um, analogy, isn't it? It's basically an analogous to that. That you know the the old um, story that the that the rats, when kept in cages, yeah. would would basically they had two. Yeah, if they had two choices, either drugs or no drugs, or, they'd take the drugs. Yeah. But if you gave them stuff to do and people to yeah. socialise with and toys to play with, then they wouldn't choose right, to right. take yeah. the drugs. That was um, that was that wasn't the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. With uh, the guy from Tool recently, wasn't it? Yeah. Like they put them in a, in a natural environment and they had the drugs there and, and the rats just didn't give a shit. Mm. But as soon as you kind of cage them up and you put the drugs in there, the rats are just yeah. like munch their way mm. through exactly. it. Exactly. You know? And why wouldn't you? But and and I think that this is this is the I think it, the 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 sterile cage uh, surrounded by scientists. Is kind of analogous to the world that we live in today. These sterile environments, uh, cut off from uh, community and family, in our own little bedrooms, doing our own thing on the internet. Uh, you know. Well, I think you know, as, as a, it's a good experiment in behaviorism, the uh, the rat park experiment. But I don't think it goes to the real root of the problem. And uh, there's a guy called. Uh, I think he's Bulgarian or Hungarian, a Hungarian guy, a medical doctor, who came up with a theory of addiction, which is about um, trauma in childhood. And mm-hmm. um, he had worked in a, a clinic in Canada with you know hundreds, thousands of uh, addicts, like terminal addicts, people that are really using, you know. And pretty much every one of them had uh, severe trauma in their childhood. And if you have uh, trauma in childhood... The flight of you know the flight of fight mechanism is kind of disturbed. You can't just run away because you can't look after yourself. Yeah. You can't fight because the adult who's abusing you is obviously a lot bigger than you. You know, and they're not. Yeah. So people tend to zone out. You know, uh, infants do. They go into this zone out stage, which is acquired um, ADD, basically uh, mm. attention um, def- deficit disorder. And people continue doing this in adulthood because it's learned behaviour from mm. infanthood. And they do this using uh, drugs, whether it be alcohol or heroin or crack, yeah. cocaine. or That makes complete it's sense. It's an in- interesting viewpoint. I mean, like, yeah, I believe you, but I think it's only a, yeah, a certain percentage. I mean, like, you could probably say it about lots of different things. But, I, I mean, for example, I, I've got kind of first-hand uh, experience where, I mean, my sister was brought up really well, and she's a full-blown heroin addict. Mm. You know, like my, my parents raised us quite well. Mm-hmm, and, right. uh 
and then all of a sudden she she turns into this mega junkie you know and but uh, maybe, maybe she and, was, and you uh, don't think she's exercising any kind of trauma uh, maybe one event happened that the rest of the family well didn't know I mean about. anything can happen when you're when you when you're a, a kid and you're developing it, it could be something that you you totally overlook um, mm-hmm. it could be something that someone else doesn't see as as being traumatic but for them you know it could just kind of be that that thing that you know unhinges them but we were raised quite well um there was there was no real kind of as far as i'm aware there was no real kind of traumatic experiences she just made a terrible decision to well out out of my out of my i've got two brothers sorry one brother and two sisters so out of four kids there are two heroin addicts one cocaine, ice, and uh, alcoholic, and one person that's relatively okay. And I'm not going to tell you which one's which. Are you the cocaine <laughs> alcoholic? He's, he's, <laughs> he's certainly not the relatively okay one. As he puts his syringe back into his nice little box. So <laughs> Mickey was included in that. So what? But there was some childhood trauma. Though. Yeah, yeah. What, what, I'll, I'll tell you what happened to us because, you know, m- m- many people who listen to this podcast might want to know why I'm a bit, little bit weird. But basically, we, we had a lovely, really lovely childhood up until about uh, 12. Right. So, so we used to go, we used to have a lovely house, two cars, family holidays every year. And then, basically, my father started gambling and lost all the money, and my mum left him. By this time, my two oldest brothers and sisters had fucked off, left home, and I was left with me and my my sister. Mm-hmm. And she went to live with my mum, and I was left with my dad. So this fucked us all up, anyway, because we, 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 had, we had been used to all this stability, and then suddenly yeah. it was ripped from under us. But then I... I apparently, because... my. It was, my mum traumatic. Me, yeah, my mum told me later in life that my dad uh, wanted me to stay with him because he needed me for the family credit system and to get his house paid for. Apparently, um, and he proceeded. I proceeded to live with him while I was going through puberty at school with n- my clothes not being washed. This is the Mountain Man period. Yeah, <laughs> Cl- clothes not yeah. being washed. More. Um, no food in the yeah. house for two, three days. I, I, w- I would eat nothing. I'd have to go and steal off yeah. neighbours yeah. and go and yeah. stay with friends and family and shit. And uh, it, it was, I think, in some ways, if I'd been born into that, it would have been okay. Mm. But when you it go from change. being so stable yeah. to, to that, just as you're 12, 13, 14, 15, as you starting to get all these hormones and starting to think about women and Bullshit. am I attractive and, you know, and am I, yeah. you know, that, all, all those kind of feelings about, about being worthy and, and worthy of the opposite sex and, and then... And you couldn't go and get a job and make your own money and, like, you know, yeah, exactly. you're, you're a child, you mm. know, so there was no... You, you couldn't fight your yeah. father because you had to live with him and you couldn't, you couldn't fly, you couldn't fly away. Yeah. So you were stuck, so then you began kind of escaping in a kind of isolated yeah. fashion. I mean, I, I smoked my first joint when I was about... When I was 12, I think. Yeah. yeah I, I did my first I E when too, I was... Yeah. I was taking e- ecstasy and uh, speed when I was, like, 13. Jesus Christ. Right. On a regular... On a regular it kind of age. affects brain development as well at that age. You know, <laughs> yeah, if you, it if you, certainly does. If yeah. you start... <laughs> <laughs> you see the way he walked in here. <laughs> like he had one leg shot on the other. <laughs> <laughs> 
twitching. <laughs> I, I, I do agree to a certain extent with what you what you guys are talking about, but I think I agree a little bit more along the lines of Paul, where uh, you know we we some people have really great bringing up bring up bring bringing up upbringings upbringings. They bring good um, stuff up. And some, some don't. I, I don't think I had a particularly good up, upbringing. I got kicked out at like 16 years old. And I fought with my stepmom. And my dad kicked me out for my stepmom. And uh, I, 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 I turned out okay. Mm. I turned out okay. You're, you're pretty level-headed. Actually. Yeah. I, I have some anger issues at times. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot in my past. So sometimes my te- I have a temper. But at the same time... Like, I've gotten offered these, these fucked up drugs. I've gotten offered to smoke pills. Mm. And I could have easily had said yes, but I had a choice. We mm. all have a choice mm-hmm. to, 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 to do it or to not do it. And, if, and to tell yourself that you don't have that control to say no to something. So, so you believe your, in free will? I believe in choice. That you make, you make choices in life, whether... You, you have a bad past or a good past. We all have choices. Mm-hmm. And if you... And, and, and think of... Uh, but but life. do you believe that you have free will in order to make that decision correctly when it comes to yes or no? Do, do you believe that... that Here, I'll put it this way. I believe, remove I, all I believe, biases. I, I believe yeah, in, he's talking I, about choice. So, I, believe, yeah. I believe in life as, as what they say is being multiple universes. Where, wow, that just took a real Where, where you, if you Oof. make choices, and if you make that choice, you go down that road. Yeah. And if you I don't make that too. choice, or if you be, do it once and quit, you go down another road. Yeah. The ripple and, effect. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and if, you, if, you made, if I made that choice to smoke that, that prescription pill like they did, my life could have been, been totally shit. I wouldn't be yeah. here in Bangkok. I'd be a junkie somewhere in, in town. But a lot of people smoke that could, prescription could. I'm, pill. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not not that dramatic, but come. I mean, but I mean, we all make choices, and then after that choice was another choice, and then another choice, mm. and then another choice, and then another choice, and every choice that I have made has put me where I am today. And to say that you don't have that responsibility, mm. that you're not responsible enough to make a decision, is a fallacy. Mm. We all have to be responsible for the decisions we make, and we have yeah. to own it. And I feel like a lot of people don't own up to those decisions mm-hmm. that they make. They blame it. Well, I, I see yeah. people have addictive personalities, so whether they will take that um, hit on a uh, pharmaceutical tablet or they will go shopping or they will start playing computer games, the mechanism is still happening. If you're, if mm-hmm. you're preconditioned to addiction... Um, it's just a matter of what substance or activity you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a compulsive person, you are. I'm a compulsive person. You know, when I work, I work really hard. When I play, I play really hard. If I want to learn something new, if I want to learn to play the guitar, if I want to, you know, learn to obsessive. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessive, compulsive. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it can be an asset. You know, it can yeah. be if, if you're doing healthy stuff. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah. Exactly. But, but you're right, Jordan. If you if you understand that about yourself, and you say, no, I'm not going to smoke that. You know, you're making the right. And no yeah. and, and the thing was, is I sat there and I watched the whole room that I was with of people do it, and I got offered it, uh, and I was that one person who said no. Yeah, I did that. And with I did heroin that. At, I did that. At, I did I that at 18 years people. old, where yeah. like you're you're not mature enough to really make adult decisions but you're not young to not have that responsibility but there's, mm-hmm. there's kind of like uh, an element of like uh, pressure there as well though you oh, know yeah. because pressure. everyone's doing oh, yeah. it and and uh, and, and you're kind of that that guy that was 
I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't say too scared to do it. Maybe you're just too sensible not to, to, to do it, you know. But, like, you've got that element of pressure where everyone's kind of looking at you. Right. And, and they're all having a great time. And they've got all these stories after it about, right. oh, I remember that time we got totally wasted. And yeah. uh, you know, and then Paul just uh, just kind of sat and listened to music in the corner. What a fucking weirdo, <laughs> you know. But, but yeah, there, there is that, you know. And I think yeah. a lot of that is what, what does drive people to to maybe take something for the first time. Yeah, you know, but um, and and also curiosity is another another thing. Yeah. Um, mm. My my curiosity. sister's Fuck. excuse, if, if you could call that, is is that she had a big argument with her boyfriend at the time, who was um, who was a heroin addict. He stormed out the house, and uh, to get her own back on him, she smoked his stuff. But mm. I think it's bullshit. I think she's she's she just kind of deflecting. Yeah, something. she's just deflecting stuff off her. Like yeah. she, she's she's not really owning up to it. I, I think she she obviously seen that he was he was uh, he enjoyed it and she curiosity got the better of her maybe and, and she decided this, to do this that, could yeah. lead into our, our the next part that we wanted to discuss is mental mental mm. health awareness mm. and uh and and I think that goes back to a, a, a mental thing of not being able to have that control. You know what I mean? You have to have control over your thoughts and feelings. And, and if you're not able to sit down, be grounded, some people are different. I'm not saying all people are the same, but I'm feeling, I have a feeling, again, when it goes back to responsibility of making a choice and a decision. And I feel like some mm. people, they want to blame something and then. Dead right. Yeah. And, and it just, and it, and it screws them, it screws them up. For, for many years until probably between 12, 13 years old and 30. I was just blaming my parents. Mm. Absolutely. Just full on. Not my fault. Shit upbringing. Shit genes. I've got this gene that, you know, my father had that that he's passed down to me that's addictive. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Not my fault. And then it's only the sort of between the ages of 30 and 40 when, when I actually accepted responsibility. You've got to own some of that shit. Yeah, yeah. You've got to own it. And It's uh, like if, if my parents had stopped buying crisps and chocolate then I wouldn't have been a fat cunt but <laughs> the truth is I was just greedy you yeah. know like. exactly exactly you know oh man you, you're so right John you, you know and um, yeah you, you just got to well up to it you, I'm not going to really say and, I, and I'm not going to say that I'm here being this angel person I'm not I have my demons too I smoke cigarettes I drink beer I, I you know uh to excess sometimes uh mm. you know I'm, I'm still i'm still dealing with with my past unknowingly subconsciously mm -hmm. like because my mother was my 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 mother was addicted to drugs my father was a, i would say an alcoholic he drank a lot and i had this thing and, and so you've definitely got the genes then yeah this yeah i definitely have this three or whatever it's called yeah i definitely do have this uh addictive genes and uh and you don't realize it until you actually talk to someone about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden you're talking about it and you're like, holy fuck, this actually affects me more than I think. It's so far back in your mind because you're so focused on the now or the future that you forget that some of these things could still affect you today. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, and I'm sorry for the people who are out there dealing with that. You know what I mean? But it is true. It is true. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't think there is a gene. It hasn't been isolated. So there's still an argument that it could be um, just behavioural. genetic. I thought there was this... Uh, <coughs> it's, it hasn't been proven. It hasn't it's been a theory. Proven. It's a theory. But um, it's equally as possible that um, you, if you um, 
observe your parents or your family using heavily within the home, you just naturally think that's the normal thing to do. Right. Yeah, become a product of your environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more of a nurture thing. Nature and nurture, nurture rather yeah. than nature. But it's still, the jury's still out on that. We don't quite know. Um, but when you listen to Sam Harris, you know, he's been on Rogan a couple of times and he's got his own podcast. That he, the free will. Yeah, he, he's a firm believer that nobody has free will, <coughs> but that, we, we li- that we're on these predetermined courses and we're, we're a product of nature and uh, gut bacteria and, you know, our, our wiring. And, that you know, I, and I, I'm not saying I subscribe to that, but I think it's interesting to... Argument for it. Yeah. That, that nobody, nobody's got any free will. You know, we're all just we're all just the monkeys. Yeah, it could be the simulation theory as well. That uh, uh, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. his name? Uh, uh, Elon Musk subscribes to the mm-hmm. fact. You know, it's it's there's no free will because we're part of a um, computer simulation um, and we're predetermined. Yeah. We have predetermined courses anyway. And uh, uh, some of this could be true. I mean, when I decided not to take part in certain activities, like taking like heroin or taking drugs, heavy drugs. It wasn't really like I was making a choice. It's just I knew it was wrong. Mm. You know, it's just something either I was taught that at a very early age or I instinctively knew not to do it. So it wasn't like a, a calculated choice, a, a battle between good and evil, an angel on one shoulder, a devil on the other. It was just like, nah, nah, I'm not doing it. Mm. Like, I kind of know that's wrong. Um, yeah. So I'm the most weak, you know, willed person in the world, but there are, you know, certain instances you just go, you've got... You've got... You've got um, <coughs> You've got ba- boundaries, basically. You, you, yeah, they're very wide. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. Someone mentioned, I forgot who, curiosity. Yes. And, 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 and as they say, curiosity. curiosity killed the cat. You know what I mean? Like, there is that saying. And it's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of this stigma around these drugs. And you've you got to be stupid to say you don't hear these stigmas around these drugs. But you're still curious. Well, what does it feel like? I can just do it one time, just that one, that one time, and I'll feel it, and, I'm, oh, and yeah. I won't like it. But all of a sudden, they realize mm. it was the best fucking high that they've ever had. Yeah. Curiosity, yeah. I would say that I'm extremely curious, not just about by curi- by curious, yeah, about sex. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you had to no, lighten yes. up the mood a little yeah, bit. <laughs> definitely, definitely uh, curious about sex, curious about drugs, curious about life, curious about culture, everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but uh, okay. So, Paul, we wanted to. I know you've been struggling with with stuff recently, uh, and I've. I, I know from our last podcast that you know you've you've had you've had issues in the past, and uh, I saw your Facebook posts um, over the last sort of few months. And uh, well, firstly, how are you doing at the moment? Are you, are you okay? Yeah, on the mend, like. Yeah. Um, uh, the last last year's been pretty tricky, um, kind of ups and downs, and a lot of, uh, you know, some, sometimes it's easy to overlook that traumatic things happen because um, mm. it almost kind of becomes the norm. But uh, yeah, there's, there's certain things that have happened that have, I guess have affected me in, in various different ways. So the last year's been quite tricky, and then I had um, last couple of weeks I had, I had a bit of a scare and some health issues and stuff. But uh, but yeah, definitely on the mend. Right. Yeah. So, um, have you got a diagnosis? Um, a diagnosis that you believe in, anyway. For the the mental health yeah. issue, yeah. I mean, anxiety, anxiety, Just yeah. generalized anxiety yeah, yeah. disorder. And like that—that that was something I totally 
like overlooked and and actually i, I had a like an ex-girlfriend of mine um suffered from anxiety you know and um i never got it like i, I never mm-hmm. understood why you know, and I, I never had any of these issues and she would she would complain of you know stomach issues and, and she would be shaky and worried and nervous all the time and she would be doing all this stuff that i just didn't understand and we'd be fighting and arguing and you know um but now I, I totally get it. You know, if mm-hmm. I, w- w- back then, when if I was like, if I'd say to her, no, "It's fine, don't worry about it. You know, everything's going to be okay." But you can't really say that to someone who's kind of struggling with anxiety yeah. because, you know, I know things are going to be okay. But like, there's something, there's something going <laughs> yeah. on in the back of my mind that's just kind of yeah. like sets my body off. You mm-hmm. know. Well, I've uh, I've I've spoken about on this podcast before that I I once I was once so sick that I thought I was dying of AIDS. Mm-hmm. That I I had stomach problems. I was fatigued all the time. I had skin issues, psoriasis. Uh, I couldn't eat. I was putting on weight. I was shitting through the eye of a needle. You know, uh, basically diarrhea every day. Uh, sensitivity to sunlight. Basically, if you read the the um, the list of of all this shit that you have when you're HIV positive, it was it was exactly like that. Yeah. Well, that that's kind of what where I've been in the last couple of weeks and like the worst thing you can do um, this is like the best piece of advice like if anyone's feeling a bit sick or whatever is, is just don't fucking google it yeah, yeah do yeah, not yeah. fucking google because it because whatever you please don't basically any symptom that you have from a headache to the flu could be AIDS yeah right I've got a cough right that's it yeah. you're, you're dying you know but, so just just to finish my little tidbit there I I went to the doctor and this was about the third time I'd been. He said, look, you're anxious. I said, no way. No way. I'm sick. There's something wrong with me. He said, look, we did, we've done your blood test and all that. You're okay. <coughs> Let us put you on Lexapro, Cytalopram. Uh, so I was like, okay. Okay, let's try it. Two weeks later, <laughs> all gone. Fucking, mm. this was like 15 years ago now. Um, so all these psychosomatic fucking... Hypochondria. Things, well, it was just, it was just anxiety. Tablets? Do you have any tablets for hypochondria, doctor? <laughs> it's just anxiety, though. And, and by my God, isn't placebo strong? Oh, man. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the mind is just incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. It's, it's unfathomable, like, how powerful the mind is, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, like you said, you, you know, everything kind of started to disappear and your symptoms kind of cleared up and you were feeling a lot better and whatnot. Like, um, I mean, I, I came out of the hospital on Thursday, and uh, all of a sudden, like my, my stomach pains and stuff have subsided. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, they they did diagnose me with a few issues. I've got I've got a few issues, ga- gastric issues, and yeah. um, potentially colitis, like, you know, and, and whatnot. But um, but all of a sudden, like the the real kind of pains and stuff have, have started to slowly subside because uh, I was so paranoid and so worried and scared that I might have cancer or whatnot, you know, b- mm. because of my family history. My dad passed away with colon cancer. So with that being hereditary, I just panicked. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as I started getting cramps and pains and stuff, I was like, Jesus, right, okay, that could be cancer. Right? That, that's it, yeah, I'm going to have yeah. to say sorry to everyone I did a bad thing to and, uh, <laughs> you know, like just kind of say my goodbyes and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I was panicking. I was I was petrified. Mm. Um, and the last couple of days... I've still got a few issues because yes, I do have myocolitis and I do have gastritis, but but it's it's gotten a lot better and the headaches yeah. have started to stop and stuff and uh, yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, fuck, like anxiety, man. That's 60,000 60, battle almost 
that I've spent in the last two months in and out of hospital, and um, and, and a lot of it's probably just been because of this this little fucking wire that that's just. Mm. But some, that, that's severe, though, that. when you're actually hospitalised with it. I mean, I, I was in the doctors, uh, God knows, far too often. But well, I guess I guess going to hospital here is like going to the doctor, really, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's pretty much the same. But um, so, uh, is it just generalised anxiety? Is there any like depression or bipolar or anything like that? It's no just, idea. Like, um, it started about. Have you seen a psychiatrist? Uh, yeah. Well, I was speaking to a therapist. I was yeah. speaking to a therapist for a while, and um, but it's, it's just so expensive, you know. It, yeah. It's really pricey, and um, then they they recommended cognitive um, behavioural therapy and, and stuff like that. Um, but I just I can't really afford it. So I've I've, I've actually I've been doing a lot of other things. Meditation, yeah. meditation is good, man. Like it, it helps, yeah. like really, and just just taking like ten fifteen minutes in the morning or or in the evening or both, you know, just to mm-hmm. to, to find some time to just. Uh, just be by yourself and just chill out and just kind of mm-hmm. relax, man. Like yeah. Jesus, like yeah. fuck. It's you underestimate that ten minutes of your day, just mm-hmm. to just to zone out and and just focus on like your breathing and whatnot. It, man, like Jesus, I'm, I'm going to work like feeling positive and stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm feeling really quite good about it. And but uh, but yeah, there are there's some things just set it off, and I haven't really kind of worked out what sets it off. Mm. Well, for yeah. me, my my saving grace over the last year has been exercise, uh, going running. And um, to the point where I've actually been quite arrogant to people who don't exercise, who have anxiety, and I've been like, if you just if you just went out running, you know, you'd probably be okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, I, and I think, and I I do stand by the my thought that for the vast majority of people, if you went running every day and you did four or five kilometers and you sweated and you raised your heart rate, that you'd probably be if not symptom-free, then at least feeling a lot better. I do appreciate that some people are way beyond that. I really do. Honestly. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, being one, Rachel, she was um, agoraphobic and uh, she had anxiety and depression, all this shit, and I, I think she she needs to do a... She, she needs to go a couple more steps before she gets to being able to exercise because I, I do believe that some people literally can't. They they can't get out of bed. They can't motivate themselves to go out running, and they can't. They're, they're just not there yet, you know. Um, that's, that's when uh, <coughs> pharmaceuticals come into play, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that you should consider um, short term. Yeah, you know, short term benzodiazepines or something like that, just to yeah. get out of bed and get out of the house and you know get to the gym. Or exactly. I started taking <coughs> medication, and you know I would finish, and then I'd go back to the doctors and just get like a repeat and whatnot. But I, I don't. I don't really want to kind of have to reply, re- mm. rely on, on, on pills. Well, know, I was so. taking Lexapro for 13 years. 13 years and it <coughs> killed my dick. What is Lexapro? It's not it's, SSRI. It's, uh, yeah, it's an SSRI, yeah. Oh, God. And basically it killed my boner. It, I couldn't come. It was just, it was horrible. It was for 13 really years? Well, you would do it, so that's why but, you're but it would so, be an effort. Yeah, you know? that's why you're so like all this 13 Rampant. years of pent up, <laughs> you know, male testosterone, <laughs> and you arrive in Thailand and, and start a podcast. Yeah, and go down to Pattaya on cheeky weekends. Well, yeah, I mean it's interesting because, well, if you just want to step away from mental health for a minute, me and the wife are like, we're like, we've just met each other. Yeah, because uh, without wishing to get too graphic on this podcast, that for the first few years that we were together, having sex was difficult. Yeah. Because, 
something was quite tight and something was too big to, to get inside that tight thing. You're talking about your wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, Paul. Your um, wallet was too big or too tight? And uh, <laughs> so it just got so frustrating that we'd try every couple of months and then we'd give up and then we'd try every couple of months and then we'd give up. And she was like, well, we should wait till we get married anyway. And we were together for five years without having sex. Without having, we tried, but without having proper sex. Now, we got married last February. No, or is it the February before now? No, it's the February before uh, now. So We've been married about She only eight. opened the doors after the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> no, we did try before the wedding, but when it when it didn't happen, it was kind of like, oh well, let's wait until we get married anyway. It was just convenient. Oh, how sweet! It was convenient. Um, so fast forward to us getting married a, a year last February, and about six months after we got married, we were like, okay, we really need to start having sex. So we went to the doctor, and she basically got a tablet to basically just uh, calm her nerves because basically the doctor said you're just too too uptight do you know what I mean for it it to go inside you're just too you're not loose enough you're just not you're overthinking this you're not relaxed enough Yeah. yeah and lo and behold it starts working and then she doesn't need the tablet anymore now we're like five times a week that's amazing you Jackrabbits. Know, two or three hour sessions. <laughs> <laughs> What's the tablet called? Was this like Rehypno or? <laughs> yeah, do, do you know what? I don't even know what it's called. It was just a blue. I think it was, it was probably an anti anxiety thing, wasn't it? it was probably yeah, a benzo. I, I think it was a benzo. Maybe, yeah, to be yeah, yeah, maybe Xanax yeah, or something. Yeah. I can't remember the, the name of the, th- the thing I was taking. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, so to get back to you. So. <laughs> how, sorry about the tangent there, Paul. No. <laughs> the, I quite enjoyed it. It was a nice tangent. I was getting a little hot. Stories. The, the, worst, the, the, the worst thing about my journey through mental health was, was the feeling that it was never going to end. The feeling that even a couple of friends of mine throughout this journey had had anxiety issues. They'd gone to the doctors, they'd got a pill, they'd gone to see somebody, blah, blah, blah. Six months later, they were okay and they'd moved on. And I was like, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 13, 14 years. You know, yeah. not getting better. Why am I getting better? So, so that was a worry for me. There's just, just this feeling that it was just never ending. That I was going to be ha- have this fucking just noose around hole. my neck for, for for forever. And it's and as I say, it took exercise, uh, probiotics, looking after myself, and and just I don't know, just growing up a bit. To, exercise to is definitely key, man. Like diet, exercise, all the kind of things I've been. Yeah, I've been I've been abusing my body for too long, um, eating all the wrong stuff, probably drinking too much beer and whatnot, and and not exercising. And it, it there, there's huge benefits to to mm. going for a run or doing a bit of exercise. And, like and for can sure. you see uh, can you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Can you see an mm-hmm. end to it? Can, can you see? Have, have you got a goal or something that, like, uh, six months from now you'll be okay or whatever? Have 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 you got something in your mind that? Oh really? Um, I need to, after this scare especially, I need to focus on uh, diet, definitely, mm. and, and um, just taking care of myself, really. I mean, it's as simple as that, I suppose, you know, like taking care of myself. Not, not well, you're drinking water today, you know. which is nice. I mm. would love a beer, though. <laughs> I, <would> really, <laughs> yeah. I would kill for a beer, honestly, really. But, um, no, that, that's the main thing. Yeah, I can see myself getting better. Um, but the, the most frustrating thing is not knowing what set it off. 
like I said, this has only really kind of impacted me for for about a year. And it, it was August last year when I first uh, had like a, a mega panic attack. And, mm. and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I thought I was having a heart attack. My I wife was, had panic attacks. Oh, sorry, ex-girlfriend had panic attacks. Yeah. Mega. Well, I was at work. I started getting a numb feeling on my left-hand side. So I thinking you having a heart attack. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I thought this yeah. is a heart attack or what. And um, got to the hospital and everything was okay. You know, They checked my heart and all that kind of stuff. I've done that five or six times now. I've done a stress test, all this kind of stuff. And they're just like, yeah, you need to chill out, you know. But um, <laughs> Are you still having panic attacks now? Then, not as regularly. I had one at the start of June. Um, but I guess I've just had too much going on in my in my mind. C- can recently. you can you try and explain to us and our mm-hmm. listeners as best you can? Because my my ex girlfriend always tried to explain to me what a panic attack mm-hmm. actually feels like. Oh, it's horrific, and and I just couldn't. I could never grasp it because I've never had one. Mm-hmm. It's fear, basically. Yeah. Like all your muscles tighten up. It's it's like um like when you were talking about the fight or flight thing. Mm. You know, if if you get so petrified, actually, like. They, they call it petrified because um, it comes from the Greek word petros, which means stone. And, yeah, and it's because you're, you know, yeah, you've, yeah. you've got so much uh, adrenaline running through your, your body that your muscles kind of get all hard and tense and you, and you become kind of stone-like, you know. And, and that's, that's exactly what it's like. Um, you, you might not in your head feel scared, but your body kind of does, you know. It, all your muscles tighten up, so the next day after a panic attack, you feel like you've, you've just been at the gym, you know. Um, your heart races... You sweat, you get cold, cold palms and, and whatnot. Um, you, you're, you, you, it's difficult to breathe. You can't get like a proper breath in, and yeah, and then you start to panic because you think then I'm having a heart attack or whatnot. Mm. You know, um, but so it's it compounded. Out, yeah, and yeah, it, it, you get to the stage where you, you start to fear that you're going to have you a have panic attack. Things. Yeah, yeah, I had panic attack years ago. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I had a little um, period shortly after my divorce, actually, yeah. where things were going. My life Here was in going. Thailand. Uh, I was. Was I here or was I back? I think I was back in the UK. So it was a long time, 10, 12, 13 years ago. But you start to fear that you're going to have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. will set off a panic attack. So yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I feel a, bit, feel a bit off, so I better start oh. counting down from 10 in my head. Like, I'm going no, to have a panic attack. You know? But yeah. honestly, sometimes it's just like a switch. Like, um, I mean, a couple of months ago, I was walking through Central. Uh, with my girlfriend we were joking around we were just being silly like talking about something really stupid and carrying on and then all of a sudden it was like um, uh, it was like being in an airplane and, and, and you know it's starting to land mm. and my, my ears kind of felt a bit funny it was like a ringing in my ears started feeling really lightheaded, and then boom you know that that was it kind of shakes sweat and I was like, "Fuck! Like, how, you know, how how did this come about? Like, when? Why? Like, you know, everything was fine. There was no no noticeable yeah. trigger. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the the therapists and, and everyone are always. And it makes like it worse that you're out. actually even just laughing and joking with yeah. your girlfriend. That the fact that you were uh, weren't even thinking about no. it. No, and yet it can. But when when I was speaking to the therapist, you know, they says maybe it's been something traumatic that's happened even in your childhood or anything like that 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 might subconsciously be affecting you. A smell you. or a a smell, a sound, some kind of music, yeah, anything, yeah. and. And yeah, the man. more the more you talk about it, the more you realise, holy shit, yeah, like mm, there were there were there were things, you know, some serious things, you know, that happened and and and, and stuff, you know, like you kind of pass things off, but but man, like, geez, there, there were some events uh, in my life. Post traumatic stress disorder, yeah, yeah delayed. Set, I think that's what it's off. that's what you it's know? mainly so about. What so you're walking through Central mm-hmm. and and what explained to me, so the ringing in your ears, mm. 
and then what the palpitations yeah chest pains tunnel vision and all that yeah gosh. you've just got to kind of sit down and can't can't really do anything and, and what instantly happens? start feeling like i've got to go to the doctor and well i went to the doctor and, and lay down and um uh just let me chill out for a bit and was your wife support uh your missus supported absolutely yeah yeah she's cool right yeah she's awesome man cool. she's she's really she's wicked man like she's a practical nurse and she just she's definitely suited to the job like she's got a, she's got a good heart she's she's a really great girl but um mm. uh the the previously like, the ex-girlfriend actually i i mean i'm not going to put 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 blame on any, anyone but like you know we'd fight and argue a lot and stuff and i think um things kind of started to really come to a head around this time last year and we were really fighting and arguing a lot and um uh, i believe that maybe some of that could have potentially been a trigger towards kicking everything off mm-hmm. the anxiety you know properly kicking it off i mean it might yeah. have been kind of in the back of my mind but to, to flick that switch i think maybe maybe there were she had a hand in it and then um uh God, loads of things happened. Uh, geez, I, I went, I went back to Scotland in August um, for my best friend's wedding, and, and it was amazing. It was an awesome experience. I tell you that one thing that really freaked me out though was um, uh, I was in my, my, my home village, and, and I, I was trying to catch up with an old school friend, and we arranged to meet in the pub. So I, I went into town, and I got to the pub quite early, and uh, this guy walks in, and. Um, and I remember him from primary school and high school. Like we we hated each other. Like we were, you know, he was my arch nemesis. Like we we really we would fight all the time. So not the guy that you were supposed to meet. Another guy. No, no, he came in. This guy came in early. This guy I hated at school. Um, and uh, but we all kind of hung about with the same people and stuff, you know. But I remember, you know, he would bully me, and he was he was just a dickhead. But he came in, and I, I said hi to him, and he was like, "All right, man. Sorry, sorry. What's, what's your name again?" I'm like. We fucking grew up together, man. Like it's Paul, Paul Lindsay, and he was like, um, "Holy shit, like you've changed, man! Like fucking hell, like what are you doing now?" Mm. And um, he got me a couple of drinks, and we sat and we had like we had the best time. Like we really had a good time, man. We were, like just catching up and just, and it was kind of cool to just kind of like um, put the past aside. And uh, we just got a bit drunk, man, and had a wicked time. And and he was he had to tell me about his business and everything was rosy, and. Um, I had a great time back in, in Scotland, got back to Thailand, and like a couple of days after I landed, um, my mum sent me a message on Facebook and says, uh, uh, you know, you, you were telling me you met Ryan um, the other week, like, how, how was he? I was like, yeah, he was great. Like, we had a great time. I was really, I felt buzzing after meeting him, like, you know, it was cool to just have a laugh with him. It was a wicked experience. And uh, he killed himself. Just fucking killed himself. Damn. Yeah. Unbelievable. And uh, and I was like, fuck, and that totally freaked me out, you know. Like I, I was, I was, I was having a great time with him, and, and he seemed totally normal. And then all of a sudden, that was it. He died. Gone. Yeah, just killed himself, man. And it, it, that was the first of two people that that I knew that killed themselves last yeah. year. Do you know this is happening to me as well, Paul? People in my sort of immediate uh, group of friends that there's people kind of offing themselves, man. I don't know. Not all the time. I don't know what yeah, the fuck in, is going on. Yeah, a few in my, in my circle, too. Mm. Yeah. Other friends as well, back home, friends of friends recently? Has it, I mean, ha- has it always just been like this? Is it just because we're now more connected on social media and stuff that we know about more suicides? Or or is it really a pandemic? Is, is there something going on? Was the worst one for me, man, was, and it really hit me, um, was... Uh, a good friend of mine, he was kind of like a father figure, I suppose, you know, and um, he would come over here several times a year. He was an ex-customer of mine when I was working for a travel company. And uh, he, and he was a bit odd, you know, he was a bit strange, and he, he would take medication because he would, 
he'd go a bit loopy if he didn't take them. And he, you know, he, I remember he came into my, my my branch one time. He'd always book flights to go around the world. He was really wealthy, and he came into my branch one time, kind of really scatty. And he, he he was telling me that he was uh, he was telling me that he was the Scotland goalkeeper. And he was late yeah. for practice, you know, because like, he hadn't taken his medication, you know. But but I, I got on really well with him, and he was a really nice guy. And so when he would come over to Thailand, you know, we would hang out all the time. And uh, I tell you, like, I, I own a condo here because he, he bought it. He bought it for me. Damn. He just bought it for me, man. And he was just like, you know what, you know, you've, he you've paid been... paid for that condo yeah. you're in now. He yeah. paid for yeah. it. He was like, you've been oh a bit God. down on your luck and stuff, so I kind of I want to help kind of make things a bit better for you and a bit more comfortable for you. I mean, he was very wealthy. And, and he just straight up bought me a condo. And, and after that, like like I say, he was like a father figure, you know. So we, we got really close. When I went to Scotland, I couldn't get in touch with him. I couldn't, couldn't figure out how to get a hold of him, you know. I, he wasn't at home. I couldn't get a hold of him on his phone. And he always emailed me and stuff. And um, I was emailing him, nothing. And uh, eventually I tracked down one of his relatives on Facebook. And, well, I thought he was a, a relative, you know. I remember him talking about him. Tracked this guy down. Asked him if he was related and he said, yeah, yeah, that's that's my cousin or really dad's cousin or whatever. And uh, I was like, like, I haven't heard from him. Like, what's going on? I'm a bit worried about him. And he, he fucking killed himself too. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean? So a lot of things just kind of snowballed, man. You know, it really snowballed. The you know, Even though I wasn't really good friends with this guy in Scotland, the, the, the guy from school, that still kind of got to me a bit, you know. And then, then this close friend... And then another, various traumatic things. You know, my ex like uh, cheated on me and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, just fucking snowballed and snowballed. Have you ever considered suicide? Yes. A mm-hmm. lot. Many um, times, yeah, quite a, a few times. Yeah, when, when I was a bit younger, um, more so. But I guess I was just going. I, th- I think maybe I was just going through that kind of phase where you know sometimes I'd feel a bit left out and and, and lonely and and whatnot. But um. But yeah, I, I have thought about it for sure. Yeah, I've mm. been I've been really down and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, what about uh, you, Jordan? Have you ever considered offing yourself? No, not. <clears throat> I've never gotten to that extent. I mean, I've cut myself a few times. Over, a, I mean, I was young. I was. I didn't know how to harness my emotions. I was going through puberty at the time. It was probably about seventh or eighth grade. A couple of years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and I had this, I had this like falling out with some girl, and I, yeah. I I wanted to show her that I cared about uh, her, so I carved a J into my cry for help. Yeah, I cry, you know, did that, and uh, that's that. That's about as far as I mean. I've been sad and upset, but somehow I just kind mm-hmm. of. Got to try and bring it together. You, you know have I mean? to talk to people. Yeah, you absolutely have to talk to people. There is no taboo or stigma attached to feeling down, mm. anxious, depressed. You know, you, you you really you should never feel ashamed of just being completely open and honest with people about about feeling down. Ab- absolutely no shame mm. in it at all. You know, if you, your your real friends are there to support you, and, and you you know what, you you find that there are people that you don't expect to get support from that are incredible. People will just message you out of the blue and ask how you are, ask to meet up with you, and then you'll get the best advice and the most comfort from people that you just you had no idea that were interested in. Do, you. Do, just to counter that though, Paul. Um, one thing that I saw with my ex-girlfriend in 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 Nairsborough, my hometown where I grew up, was that it was like that at first, at first, and then she was still having panic attacks and still was agoraphobic and couldn't go outside, couldn't, couldn't go past the end of a street. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen years later, and by that time, everyone had gone. Do you know what I mean? All the friends had gone. Like nobody 
was sticking around after that. And I, I, I think, in a way, they're right, you know? How long are you going to stick by someone who just keeps... I mean, I would. I personally would, but can you blame like well, it's, normal it's people? Become, it's draining. <coughs> they become isolated. <coughs> That's the problem. Mm. And when you become isolated, then you're most vulnerable. Um, I said it before in the po- podcast, you know, most people die from loneliness rather than from yeah. uh, smoking or drinking or cancer. Uh, people die because they don't have people around them that care. Um, mm. The number one cause of death in the world is loneliness. And with that... I'm going to have to leave this podcast because I've got to go. I've got a meeting okay, at 7 mate. o'clock, guys. So you guys carry on. Okay. And, uh, all the best. Peace out, mate. I might just stop this for two secs, actually. Uh, we'll have a quick break. Okay, let's go. You went where? I went to a kawaii, <laughs> kawaii bar in, in Padia. Pattaya, however you call it, I hear both. And uh, I don't know <clears throat> for our listeners out there, but there was a story about an Indian who blew two grand when he rang when he rang the bell at a bar. You ring a bell and you have to buy everybody when you said blue shots or something like uh, yeah. that. Yeah, there was that story, <laughs> and it was at it was at Kauai Bar, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm listening to the story about it. From mm. the bar manager there, I'm like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, his bill is eighty thousand baht, which is over two grand. It's about two grand." Yeah, well, thirty thousand, twenty four hundred or something like that. I'm like, "That's more than I'm making a month." And he blew in one night. Apparently, he, he he had money. He wanted to. He just wanted to have fun, is what the bar manager had told me. He and and, and they had tipped off a few of the v, the video loggers around, mm. and they were there and. Thai media was there when he did it. He rang the bell 16 times or something like that. <laughs> and, he, and they had it prepared all the because he had to get all those shot glasses, like 500 shots of tequila. Mm. And his, so it, it sounds like it was almost like a publicity stunt. It was. It, I mean, it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't like to, it was to have fun. He had the money. He was like, look, I'm willing to mm. blow, I'm willing to ring this bell and pay two grand in your bar in one go if you guys are down. And I just, Let's just make a show out of it. Why not? And I was listening to that story. It's like, holy fuck. And all of a sudden, the bar manager goes, I hear this loud horn honk at the go-go next door. He goes, oh, yeah, the fucking guy is right next door right now. I'm like, no fucking way. He had rang the horn right next door. And then he comes out of there after buying them. And he comes into the bar. He comes in Kauai Bar again. We're hanging out with the guy, and he, he doesn't even know us. We're just sitting at a table with the bar manager. He goes, yeah, let's get these guys some shots here. And he's just, like, coordinating shots and drinks. And we're like, mm. holy fuck, we met, the, we met the guy. Did you speak to him? Yeah. What, what, what's, what's his bit? I mean, is he a businessman? He was only he, – he's from Mumbai, and he was he – was, Maybe it's mummy and daddy's money, maybe. I, I have no idea, but that guy, he was like, I'm only in, in Pattaya for five, six days, so – I'm mm. just I'm just trying to have a good time while I'm here. Yeah, an American guy that did that like last year or something. Mm. He was a successful businessman and um, and and he spent something like I don't know want to say something like four hundred thousand baht in windmill, 
It, it was it wow. was crazy. Yeah, no it was shit. it was like four hundred or four hundred thousand baht. It's the it's really CD one we were talking about earlier. I went there. All right, okay. I went. I didn't want to mention them by name, but I, I went there every night. I was in Pattaya. Yeah, but it was something like ten thousand pounds or something he spent in in in, in that night in windmill, and uh, and he said, look, like I earn this kind of money in a day, so fuck, fuck. it. Yeah, yeah. I ran into a few rich people there in in. in in Padilla going mm. out and uh, yeah I mean uh, I, I, yeah I went like I ran it? into this American guy and he was uh, he couldn't touch the girls because his his girlfriend was actually like working at windmill so he couldn't mm-hmm. he couldn't do anything but he was girlfriend he was he, he was giving the girls tips to do things t- for other people <laughs> <laughs> and somehow we just that, that, managed, that was his way of getting we off. managed i told you this this trip was it was was just out of this world crazy because every time i just managed to sit next to someone who did shit crazy mm. you want to see these girls do something with this with this carrot yeah <laughs> i think pulls it out his bag. <laughs> it was just what they chop it up so much so much craziness and uh my friends had pre-warned me about it but i don't think if you go and you do put patio like you know like you're just yeah. balls to the wall nothing can prepare you for it right nothing you see i've never done that i've gone down there like i say and i, I stayed in resorts and stuff but i've never really done the sin the city the sin city part is it is it really that bad i mean it's cradle of filth it's yeah. it's not it's not bad it's a fucking it's, cool. it's a lot of fucking <laughs> it's awesome it's a lot of fun yeah if you if you like me uh, i didn't have i you know i got back from the states so I was, I'm, I'm still trying to recuperate my my spendings in the states so i but i mean if you have money and you go down there it's fucking limitless mm. you can and some bars you can literally pick one of the workers and take her upstairs and have sex with her. You can say, "I mm-hmm. want, I want that one." Okay, yeah, it's uh Well, that's quite that's four 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 hundred baht. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can do but that. But there's no upstairs. Is, or... is there an upstairs Nana, in some of those places? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nana, Pat Pong, and and Soy Cowboys upstairs okay. is all the way or everywhere. Okay. Short time, but not four hundred baht. Though. Yeah, it was four hundred baht bar fine and a thousand for the girl. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. That sounds thirty like... quid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what better way to spend your money? <laughs> yeah, and my friend picked one out, and then the the bar manager went over and and talked to her, and then he was like, "Sorry, man, she's on the bloody rag. She can't." Oh, <laughs> he, he was a little disappointed. That's an extra five hundred baht. Yeah, some people would like that, wouldn't they? Blood spots. Uh, yeah, I just had a wild. I had a very wild time, and I saw some things that my eyes. If there was a video recorder, I don't think the Hangover movie would even do service. It was. Did you get naughty yourself then? Uh, I had fun. <laughs> I had fun. Reserved. Yeah. Don't worry, she doesn't listen um, to this podcast, mate. You're all right. She likes it when I post podcasts. No, I, 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 I behave myself. Good lad. I'll okay. just say that. I behave myself. Mm. Uh, but uh, I, 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 every, I'm, I'm telling you, every time now that I have friends over, I'm, I'm taking them to Padia. Can you take me? Sure. Yeah, next yeah. week. A podcast down there. Let's do it. Oh, Let's do it. Awesome. We we could we could we'll get the Indian guy on. That would be awesome. No, I don't get his. I didn't get his contact. So get one of the. It was one of those managers to yeah. To get sit one of the local guys on. Yeah, talk one of the Nightwish group or something like that. Yeah, just just give us the real 
low down dirty secrets of Patia, what really happens here. Well, yeah, like I said, the, the bar manager of Windmill, he was an American guy, I think he was a stakeholder. When he saw when you saw that guy eating eating ass, mm. you, you know, you would you would think, you know, some of these other places they would go and like, you know, get kicked out or something. He literally laughed and he was like, Oh fuck. I haven't seen that for a while. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those towns where it's like the last time I was there, there was a Japanese guy sitting to the left of me in the in the corner and on the ground floor. There's a jacuzzi as well, so they'll do like jacuzzi shows and blah blah blah. And I, and I was just sat round, and uh, I looked to my right, and my, my mates kind of sat there with his jaw just fucking ajar, couldn't believe what was going on. And I looked to my left, and this Japanese guy, he's, he's he's sitting there, he's got a cigarette in his left hand. And he's he's watching the girls on stage, and with his with his right hand, he's he's just got like a finger in in a, in a girl, you know. And he's not even looking at her. He's not, he's not even looking just at nonchalant. her. Yeah, he's just warming his finger, and he's looking around at all the other girls and stuff. He's got a cigarette there, just yeah, just chilled out, you know, just like a, a regular Jesus Wednesday Christ. night or whatever, you know. Just nuts. So you've been to patio a few times. Yeah, a few times. I, w- I would assume so. You know, windmill. What, what's the bar that's closest to, to that well. in in Bangkok, then? Uh, n- nothing. 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 Maybe Crazy House next to Cowboy. Right. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. What about Pat Pong? Pat Pong's pretty crazy, isn't it? Pat Pong's like, I used to go is, is is uh, it's, it's not aged I've well. Been, I've been there one year, uh, one or one year, one time. It's, it's horrific. It's not aged well. It was the kind of it was the place where um, uh, Vietnam vets. Used yeah, to go, years ago it? they yeah. would go in and and it was a bit seedy, but but now it's it's just uh it's just decrepit and. Uh, and yeah, and just just full of um, people trying to rip you off in the street and and sell you uh, tickets to ping pong shows and, and, and you know all that crap. But um, the closest in Bangkok's probably Crazy House. And in, in Crazy House, all the girls, you know, there there's no clothes. They they, they wear absolutely nothing. Um, but it's, it's on Soy Cowboy and near. Soy it's um, it's it's uh, I don't know what what Soy is Soy. Tw- it's probably like Soy Twenty One or something like that. It's um, yeah yeah. If you, you if you go. Like down past the sock, as if you're heading towards Prompong, mm-hmm. and it's it's the first soy in the left that kind of runs yeah. kind of parallel yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to Cowboy. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a good S and M bar, I think. Down crazy there. crazy BDSM house. Bar. Crazy house. Yeah. S and M bar. There, there's there's Demonia on Soy Thirty Three, and then there's the there's the uh, there's the one in Pat Pong as well, mm. Pat Pong Alley or whatever it is. There's the one upstairs. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but James would know. But this this is something I, I've spoke about as well, and uh, it's something I really want to try and introduce my wife to, like uh, some BDSM stuff. I just think it's weird. Quite cool. <laughs> no, I'm 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 into that, but like I, I thought it I thought it was weird when I went to the bar. Like mm. it's it's alright to have your toys at home and stuff like that, but like I went into this bar one night, and um, I was just by myself, but you know I was curious. I, I want to see what goes on. And uh, the guy at the front door standing there, he's got like a cane in his hand. He kind of gives you a wee slap on the ass when you walk past. Mm-hmm. And um, it was something like 900 baht to get in and you get a drink. And um, I went in and sat down. And this, this girl comes over and she had her mate with her. And her mate was kind of leashed up. 
and she brought her mate over and handcuffed her to railings in front of me and just started pouring like candle wax on her and stuff and there was this weird kind of gothic music and and a guy just sat at the bar on his own with a like a, a white shirt, like a like something out of an interview with a vampire or something, you know, like a big white shirt with a big collar, just mm. sat there, just kind of just, just, just staring at something, you know, like like mm. when you walk past like a nice burger or something, you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh the bit of that, and he was just staring, and there was this weird, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, like music. a blade, a blade movie yeah, it was or something, something. Like a blade, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting on like oh, the spring course oh. to start. Rain and blood or something, you know. But, <laughs> but um, I was, it was weird, you know. I finished my drink. I just, I just didn't get it, you know. I, I didn't, I didn't get the. Yeah. It, it didn't feel yeah. sexy. Because you know? James talks about demonia, and he says that uh, you can either. I think firstly, the first thing to say is that the couple's friendly, so you can go in there and you can go and get a couple's room with with some of the girls. Um, but the second second thing he was saying is that you can do stuff just like if you want a dildo, you know backside or whatever you can just do it in front of everybody else <laughs> just <which> order <laughs> that with your beer yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but you just look at a list with all these different different things You're like oh shit oh, what's the chang and some anal beats what's, what's the anal the sharp anal <laughs> <laughs> but it does interest me to because i would like to to ask my wife if she if she would like to go and get a room but but what happens when you get there so you, you take your wife there you say okay I want a couple's friendly experience. They take you to a room, and what, there's a dominatrix there who then um, will, will proceed to... Girls that are open to being with couples will be lined up, and you can you can pick which one you want to have your experience right. with. So you basically pay to have a threesome, right? I'm not sure if this really is, is, this is associated with demonia specifically. Because that's not necessarily BDSM, is it? Just threesomes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. talking about domination, like whips, like... You know, you you've got to be submissive, or so. Uh, would you would, would, would let's think of the details? Would you want your wife to see you get hit, or would you like to see your wife get hit? Like not hit, but you know, spanked yeah. No, and all I, that I stuff. appreciate I appreciate the analogy, and to be honest, I would just like to take my wife there and see what she likes, and see if she if she does like it or whether it just repulses her and she's saying it's not for me. They just introduce a bit of kink yeah. in the bedroom at home yeah, firstly. That's exactly. a big step, is it? Because what, as I've, as I've said earlier in this podcast, we're like a new couple and she's open to, we, we've had the best sex life ever. She's open to everything. She will wear stuff that I want her to wear. You know, I'll say go and get something that looks like a, a secretary's thing or a school uniform or something. Should be a good line contact later sh- if you want to buy stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. Right, super cheap as well. I will, I will definitely get that off you. And she's open to it. And I think, fucking hell, I never knew for five years of being with my wife that she's this fucking cool man. That she that she likes to do this kind of stuff. That she's open to it and that she's a sexual she's, she's being. Tol- she's told you this. She, she she's just open to if I wanted to wear this like school uniform or type thing, not a school but, uniform, but there, but, but there is a, there similar, is a she will di- do there it. is a difference though. Like, like I would say that my girlfriend, she she we you know she she likes to do that, yeah. but I've taken her to somewhere on on Soy Cowboy before, like a a, a go go bar, and I've let her get lap da- lap dances from the girls. She doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't like me touching. That's different to BDSM. Right. 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 But I mean, I would. I. I I would. I would. Some people would say, that's pretty open Mm -hmm. in a relationship. But 
as far as going taking it even a step further, it, it's like a you know whole different can now, of worms. Well, as well you, you would see, say. for me, Jordan, taking her to a go-go bar and asking to get one would be a step further than the BDSM stuff. Really? Yeah. Because, How so? Because you're basically asking her to be a lesbian. I wasn't asking her to be a lesbian. <laughs> She, she's a little curious about it, and you know, yeah. she she kind of says, "Oh, the girls are beautiful." You know, some girls are beautiful, and that's cool, or or sexy, or whatever. Mm. You know, I, I I just make a joke out of it. Yeah, and it, you know, I I gave a you know one of those go go girls a tip for you know go dance on my girl, and she just it's it's just a fun time. You know what I mean? It's not like it was more of a joke. Than yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And a certain type of person to do that, though, I think as well. Do what? I, I, like. I don't think I'd feel comfortable taking my girlfriend to one. Like, yeah, I don't think. It like, was, I think so. I'd what feel about a, bit, a couples friendly BDSM place? Nah, I just, I just I, uh, not public. I mean, you're yeah, <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't want anyone else playing around with my missus. Like, nor would I, to be honest. But if it was a paddle or something, and yeah. that might be okay. It could be a laugh, like, but yeah. See, that's I what I see. It. I see yeah. it as a laugh too. Like I, 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 I don't know what I'm looking uh, to get out of it. If, it, 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 like if my girl listens is. to the podcast, if she said, if she, we, we've actually briefly just kind of touched on the subject about threesomes, but it, it just, it just, it, when you're in a in a relationship, it's kind of we're in a monogamous type relationship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it would take some kind of like talking over time to. To do that, but I, I I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. To but what about to, a male male female threesome? Would you be interested in that? Absolutely not. Because if you if you're going to ask not, her to do not, that for you, she should ask you to do that for her. Uh, not, I, w- I wouldn't say. I wouldn't. <laughs> no. I wouldn't say with so my girl. I wouldn't say with my girlfriend. But let's say if I was single, if I had a. <laughs> A male, male, female with your buddy or something, and you're like doing the Eiffel Tower. No, I, I might no way, no way, not not even the Eiffel Tower or being single. Oh, I mean, if you're single, uh, I don't know. There's, there's I, no I way I'd let like another man my, in bed with me. I wouldn't mind no my, my ballsack touching my mate's ballsack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. No, I don't want to smell his ass or anything like that. You know, I just, <laughs> you know, I don't want that sex smell in the room to linger and know that that's the sweat from your mate's crack. You know, it's nah. that is really. Do you know? I'm glad you touched on that because th- there's all this kind of fantasy stuff, but you're talking about the actual real mechanics of it and the real kind of. The situation they'd have to be in, where you're talking about smells and tastes and, and stains on your bed and stuff like that. One time, one of my girlfriends in Scotland, like years ago, um, it turned out that her first serious relationship was with a with with, with a girl, and the, the other girl, yeah, she's quite cute as well. And at one point in our relationship, she she kind of brought up the idea of having a threesome with this previous girlfriend that she had had, and um, and I said no. Uh, and I, I thought she was cute, but um, I was like, nah, because that could ruin our relationship. Right, you know? right. I just wouldn't have felt comfortable with it. There could have been jealousy issues or or what. Or, yeah. you, know, you don't know what kind of feelings you would have had. And, and I thought, nah, that, that that could really affect our relationship. Right. Yeah, you know? that's a good so point. So I'm, I'm wondering, guys, as I'm sat here saying how great my love life is and how love how in love I am with my wife, if I just leave it there. Like, let's not bother trying all this other stuff that I'm thinking about. It'd be a bit kinky in the bedroom. Nothing wrong with that. 
Yeah, she's cool with that. She's absolutely cool with that. I can't so, say that me and my girlfriend have discussed anal before. Yeah. Um, I have done anal before. Yeah. Not me me, on me, but doing <laughs> anal. You've not with, received with, it. Uh, I, I have a giver, not a, not a taker. And, you're, you're, uh, you're a top. She she's not too warm on the idea, which I wouldn't, because obviously I wouldn't want something up my ass. But we have we have discussed that, and there are little little kinky steps that you could take in a relationship to. I mean, getting getting a wee finger in there, like I quite quite like to wear them like a glove. I had had a previous girlfriend in (laughs) in the UK that that really liked to put a finger up, and it was great. It was really really. They say that the the the, for the G spot for men is our anus. Well, you've got two. You've got one on your cock and you've mm. got one on your ass, basically. No, no, no. They said our G spot. Yeah, yeah, it's one, a prostate. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, prostate, it's, yeah. It's, it's your Actually, ass. You've got one on your bell end as well. Though. It's really um, it's really good for you. Prostate massages and stuff. <laughs> no, really, genuinely. It's, 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 it's good for Where you. Where can I get one it's, of these? Um, can I get it right next door at the massage place downstairs? Well, you can get prostate massages. There's here, this... Um, That'd be interesting. I'm kind of curious this, about that. There's this ladyboy... Dominatrix from the Philippines that, that does it. Um, really? Yeah. But okay. it, it's, where, <laughs> is this is, uh, is this at just, chaos? No, no. But it's um, you know what? It apparently is good for preventing things like prostate cancer and stuff. Mm. Yeah, if, if you're kind of regularly milked, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's, it's it's good for you. Really, it's apparently proven. But mm. um. There's just no way of doing it myself, is there? I'm not going to sit and crouch over a mirror. And <laughs> That'd be like the whole rumor of Marilyn you've Manson a, fucking never cutting what a rib I call out to a, suck his own dick. A, a pokey bum wank. <laughs> a what? <laughs> Can I look this up on Google? A, po- uh, a, po- a pokey bum wank. Bum wank. <laughs> I'm aware of I'm aware of pokey bum wanks. But, uh, I'm not really that flexible, man. Like, yeah. Maybe my arms are a bit too short. Well, do do like two or three ecstasy, go to a club, and then come home, and you've got nobody there, and just have a pokey bum wank. Why so many of my mates are into yoga? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, they're all the rage in North Yorkshire. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to each their own cup of tea. There. There are some uh, couples out there that you know they 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 enjoy it. They get off on it. Would you let your girlfriend put a strap on dildo up and just absolutely ram you? ram you? Yeah, just just absolutely just ram you up the anus. I would have to be extremely intoxicated. <laughs> Think of it was no though, and no unaware. No. no, because uh, you can't say no because you just don't know the situation. What, what if it was a black deal? If I was like if, twelve if, inches, if, like. if, if, <laughs> I, if I was Lexington if, steel, if I was fourteen <laughs> beers and under, yeah. hell no. Oh, it went a mic. James, James is that still was, in the building. That was the spirit of James saying The spirit no. of James is still with us. He's disgusted. That he's li- talking about pokey He's disgusted. <laughs> but you said it so, so like, it's the third time this word's come up, but nonchalant, you know, it's, it's, it's this. Yeah, I think, like, um, uh, as years go by, people are more open to stuff like that. It's not really, there's not really so much of a stigma attached to it. It's like, oh, what are you up to tonight, Deborah? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go and uh, give Harold a beef tea enema. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> What's a beef tea enema? It's just an enema, I suppose, but you use beef tea, like maybe an oxo cube or something yeah. in there. Or just <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of coffee enemas, but not oxo cube yeah, Why not? Yeah. I've actually heard that, that, that rich people, 
they get laid so fucking often, it it gets boring to them just to have sex regularly. Yeah. That they actually that they they get off on this type of shit. Someone paddling them, a dildo up their ass, or like, and, you know, it's Dick just saline into your sack. They're just, it's just something. It's just something different. You know what I mean? And I, I can actually, I wouldn't, you know, I would have to be in the situation to actually, you know, concur with that. But I, 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 I can understand why they get bored. Because if you have sex with, you can have sex with anyone you yeah, want. Yeah, anyone you want. you want. You walk into a club, you can you can have threesomes, you can take any girl you want in the club, you got money, you could spend well, all the money you want. Well, that's where the domination stuff comes in. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, it becomes... Well, it just become boring, though, yeah. Like, yeah, it becomes boring because you do the same thing every fucking night. You just go home, get laid, go out and do it again, you know? But we're talking about levels and stuff again, aren't we? It's like drugs or whatever, you know, you start off with marijuana and then you progress to other stuff. With sex, you start off with missionary position, and then you, you know, you end up with a uh, cock up your ass. <laughs> but I think you're, you're gonna—it's gonna get to the point where you you need something more, though. And um, I, I think like uh, you get bored easily because there's no, there's no, there's no other connection beyond the physical. Like you, you need some sort of mental stimulation as well. Like you know, you need to mm. connect to some with, with with someone like as well. Yeah, you need, exactly. You need yeah, and there's there's no greater love and there's no greater orgasm than with someone who you truly fucking like. Your bodies become one, you know, when you're having sex. It's like you, you're so in tune with each other that that's a, that's a the good rhythm of it, sex yeah. is is so. You're starting to sound like Russell Brand. <laughs> Saving Sever Marshall. <laughs> you're, you're right, though. It's one. like it's like two. Two frequencies, you know, that cancel each other out. You know, mm. like you're completely right. Yeah, and it's not often you find one of those, and when you do, hang on to it, man, because they're they're few and far between. And I'm lucky that even after five years with my wife, that I'm I'm discovering that now. You know what is, I realized today? This is cool. Yeah. And I'm I'm still learning, but uh, makeup sex. Or like after like you put after some mas- mascara and, on and a, a, after yeah well after you guys get into an argument or after you guys disagree with something literally today me and my girlfriend just we up. we just we didn't we like we got into because this is we're living together for like the for like for a month and uh, we we got it why are you living together for a month because I'm trying to look for a condo I'm in between condos right now so I'm okay. living with her for the moment right and um, she got mad at me today for something. I didn't say hi to her mom on Mother's Day. I was I was I was kind of shy. She was like, "Hey, say hi to my mom." And I'm like, "Fuck, I've never fucking talked." I, and all of a sudden, we're in the, like we're in the middle of the yeah. restaurant, and she was like, "Say here, Saudi cop," and almost putting me on speakerphone. I'm like, "Fuck, man, you can't I'm, put I'm you, about can't, being on you, FaceTime you can't put me you can't put me on the spot like that. Like you have to give me a heads up. Hey, I'm calling my mom. We're gonna say hi, but in the middle of this restaurant." You know, people in there. She wants me yeah, to say, I and I said, I said, look, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to do. It. I'm shy. You know, I, I just, I just, and not, she, not she, even realizing that it was Mother's Day, right? Did, I did, I did know it was Mother's Day. I told her to tell her I said Happy Mother's Day, but she was trying to make me say hi, and it was just wrong timing. But she got embarrassed about it, and you know, ties when they get embarrassed or, 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 or that you know they feel like, you know, they lost face, you know. Yeah. She was she was pissed off at me for about two or three hours. And then after I was just like 
just said, let's have sex. <laughs> <laughs> so we had sex and it was it was fucking it was great. Yeah, angry sex. You know, yeah, you're just like yeah, you, you know, we, we were still kind of shaky, you know, because I didn't. I said sorry and stuff, and I like I was so pissed. I cleaned up the, her entire apartment just to fucking not talk and just clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had we had makeup sex, and oh, it was um, right, man. it was it and, was good. And did you bring her to climax? <laughs> wow, well, like you know, to hope it's, so. it's hard though. It, <laughs> I'll I'll tell you what, right. If we're gonna be serious now for a couple of minutes, I always get off when I'm having sex, but it is quite hard to get a woman off having sex. Just with penetration. I mean, I've got to use uh, my tongue. There's I've got not to use that, my fingers. There's not a huge percentage of women that can get off just through p- penetration alone. Yeah. There's got to be foreplay. Yeah. So at least, at least, yeah, at, at least to get because because women can more get orgasm multiple times. Mm-hmm. With men, we Bitch. we blow we blow our load and we're fucking like Ooh, we're fucking done. You know what I mean? We want to fucking just rest. <laughs> I'm know. actually more about. I'm more into the foreplay than the actual sex. Like, mm. I really, yeah. I really love like I love Taking going down. Time. Yeah, I absolutely love going down mm. with my girlfriend. Mm. Uh, I'm well, well into the foreplay more so than the sex. Like for mm. sure. Okay. Yeah, the sex is like the kind of. I would say I'm fifty fifty dessert. Because you get you, you know? get so horny after foreplay. You're just like I just want to fucking pile drive. You know what I mean? You just want to fucking <laughs> what a romantic way to put it. <laughs> You know, Austin 316 fucking, fucking Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Stunner, Stunner dude. <laughs> and you're giving it the you commentary know what I mean? as like, well. Like, <laughs> like, oh, rock bottom. I understand that she, want, she wants to get warmed up, you know, and you got to preheat the oven, but, you know, and say the preheat temperature is to 400. When, when I get to about 300 or 350, I'm fucking, I'm ready to go. You know Blowing I mean? your load. Because, I mean, like, there's only, your cock is erect for, like, five Ten minutes of foreplay. Well, foreplay, I, I would say, is five between five and ten minutes, right? Is that fair to say, or less than that? A bit, a bit I'm a bit longer than that. Longer I, than I really, that? I, I okay. Like to, yeah. Okay. I would say I'm about five or ten it minutes for foreplay you are to a vagina, basically. Like I, I, I get off on getting my messes off. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that me turns too. me on, man. When she's screaming, man. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I like to to make sure that that my girlfriend has an orgasm. That I get off. Okay, that. maybe I'm a little bit selfish because I just want to fucking, I just want to go. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't you know feel what I mean. Good like, if I'm like, if I if I if I, if I fuck my missus and she she doesn't come, I'm mm. like, what a wonderful lover Paul is. Eh? <laughs> he is fucking individual. Casanova over here. Fuck. <laughs> Beautiful. You don't Beautiful. know my history. I man. love it. Fucking uh, I, I, I would say uh, maybe you're right. Maybe I could be more intentive. You know, and that it's a downfall in some relationships. Is you know, the guys are just wanting to just go give her right in. You know what I mean? Bend her over, open up her asshole, and just give her a rim job. Into that, you love that. Yeah, she'll love it. I she'll like. I like. To, I like. I like to just get my nose in there and everything. Like just fucking hold. Mm. If, I could, if I could just, if I could just <laughs> climb in and just be born again. Going to fuck someone and Paul's already in there, like, <laughs> sliding out into the bathtub. <laughs> uh, no, but but sometimes sometimes she holds me accountable. Like say right. we we have sex and you know the foreplay is a little bit less. I just do something like missionary because I'm just trying to fucking, you know, get in, get out, get my thing, go to bed. You know, on a weekday. You, you see, what, what you want is a girl 
who knows how to get herself off so you can just lie on your back and she knows how to circumnavigate the penis to just do it. Yeah, itself. I like to see them playing with themselves as well though. That's a mm. visual the visual stimuli. Right. Mm. That's interesting, Paul, because my wife had never had an orgasm. What? Never? Before I, and I said, you never masturbated? She said, no. Never. What? what and I believe her. Yeah, but... I be, well, I believe her no. because she, she really doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, or at least I think... I don't think she does. So you think that they all know? I, Secretly, they all do I it. think they just... No, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's, there's plenty that, that haven't, but I think a lot of them probably do watch a cheeky wee bit of, bit of porn and oh, stuff like that to. when you're there. Yeah, of, of course, it's human Maybe nature, they, is it? they sit on top of the washing machine or something when it's yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slap it with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. I used to get the wooden spoon off my mum and dad when I was younger. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why I'm so kinky. Get right across your bell end. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Speaking, uh, speaking of the misses, though, speaking I, of the I bell ends, probably yeah. gonna, I am probably gonna have to shoot soon. Yeah, um, all right, mate, no worries. Well, it, he'll be back in a minute. But before you go, then, how's uh, stay awake? What, what's uh, going on stay awake? Yeah, great, really good, man. Um, I think. Well, la- last time we spoke, I uh, was on about uh, that we were preparing for a, f- a festival in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we we went over to to the Philippines, stayed a couple of days, and played this amazing festival. Um, we were supposed to play, I think, something like four o'clock, and then it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. But eventually, four a.m. Yeah, uh, p.m. Okay, right. But but it, it got to the point where um, it was a bit delayed, and, and we we actually managed to get on stage. Or I think it was like half eight, nine o'clock, which was amazing. You know, it was dark. The, the full crowd were there. Everyone mm. was pumped, and we were, we were playing just just before like the biggest bands in, in the Philippines. You know, so there was an amazing vibe about it, and and it was that kind of 24-hour rock star experience you know walking around people were wanting their pictures taken and you know really? and, and they were oh, there was they were so amazing man like the, the, the filipino people were, were absolutely incredible like super welcoming really warm and um so yeah things with the, with the so band felt like a proper rock star yeah, for totally. a few hours uh, absolutely you know i just going to the shop to get a bottle of water or whatever and people were like excuse me sir can i take a picture with you oh, can I? it was oh, amazing man. Um, awesome. But then, yeah, things kind of snowballed, and, and the, the, uh, we released the EP last month as well, and we had a, a launch gig at Speakerbox in Tonglar. Um, and, and yeah, I think James came down, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was a really good night, man. Um, more people turned up than I even expected, um, so it was a it was a busy one. People seemed to really dig what we were doing, and uh, mm. so so from there, um, right now we're just. Uh, we're, we're promoting the, the EP. Um, it's called One Stone Away. You can right. find it on Spotify now. Yeah. And you can download the EP through Bandcamp. So if, yeah. you, if you search... How much is it? A couple of dollars? Um, it is... And I should probably know this. Yeah. But it's, I think it's like $10. $10 oh, all right, okay. Like that. That's fuck all. Yeah. Um, a few quid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you go into Bandcamp, look for One Stone Away. If I stay awake, you'll find the album there. We we do have physical copies of the EP, but we're uh, we're waiting on them 
uh, being delivered. And we've there's awesome t-shirts, man. I fucking yeah, love those. T-shirts as well. T-shirts in the EP. But we're, we're, we're waiting on the new EPs coming. The the first batch um, weren't really as good as we had, we had hoped. So we've got some, some new cases what, and stuff you mean the, coming. The, the quality just yeah. of the packaging? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. we got we got a really nice um, packaging and stuff like that set up. H- so. Who does your uh, production and uh, mixing and mastering? Uh, we recorded at Vintage Studio. Right. Vintage, and I really recommend it, actually. And um, I spent a lot of time in recording studios and stuff uh, when I was in, in college and uni. And that, that's that's what I basically I got my degree in. And it's comparable here production. in Thailand? Uh, yeah, the, the setup's incredible. And um, the engineer was 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 amazing. Uh, he, he was doing stuff that I had, I had no idea what to do. I'd never seen before, and, and I've... I've I've been in, like I said, I've been in a lot of studios and seen a lot of things going on, and and he was just on the ball. Uh, so I really recommend it, Vintage Studio. He's a Thai guy, the engineer. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uh, I think it was about seven and a half thousand or eight thousand baht per day, or for twelve hours or, or thereabout. That's not too bad. And to master a track after is a uh, thousand baht for a track. Dollars a day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the the, the EP has got uh, six tracks on it. And um, yeah, you, you can find it through the usual channels. So I, I what is it? Stay well. awake. Bandcamp dot. Uh, yeah, I've not got let's have a look at it. Phone on me. No, I'll can, have a look. Yeah, stay. just pop onto Google, type in one stone away, uh, stay awake, and uh, it should pop up the Bandcamp page. Stay awake. One yeah. stone. You can you can preview the track. You can listen to the album on the page as well before committing to the download. Okay, so we've got store CD baby. BreathingTheCore.com, Stay Awake Official Bank. Okay. Okay, so it's HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash. He's talking about colons, wasn't he? <laughs> official.bandcamp.com and we'll link it below the podcast, yeah. Things are going. Have I love your imagery, really well. Matt. I- imagery is really cool. The, the Japanese chick with the red and stuff and the. And the, the your yeah, font, I liked that. Your yeah, font I liked well it too. Cool, Ghost in the Shell type. Yeah, it's thing. nice. Yeah, man. it looks great. Who came up with that concept? Was, was um, it you guys? It or? was. Uh, I think it was a friend of of John's singer. Yeah, yeah really it's nice man. Yeah. It's, it's well, it's well executed. Actually, um, I want. I would give the guy a shout out, but I can't remember his name. I've not got my phone on me, but his, his artwork is incredible. Give it to me later, and we, we'll put the link below. Yeah, the yeah, check it out. It, yeah. it does some yeah. some amazing stuff. Um, so he designed. Uh, all our artwork for the EP and, and mm. our and our T-shirts. As for the future of, of Stay Awake right now, um, John is currently on holiday. He's travelling around uh, Portugal and Morocco and whatnot, having a, an awesome time um, due back this month. And then we've got a fundraiser uh, gig coming up on the last day of August. It's going to be at the Overstay on Charan Sanit Wong. Um, it's to raise money for uh, for a guy who needs to, to pay for some hospital bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a, a couple other punk bands and stuff playing there. So it should be a really good, a really good night. Yeah. Cool. So a, a couple of things coming up. You know, just stay stay, um, stay tuned on our Facebook page to, to see what's going on. We've got that. A couple other gigs in the, in the, in the works. And then a mini tour of the Philippines in October. We've got a nice. couple of places there. Yeah, we're playing in Cebu and... Um, Place I'd never heard of before. <laughs> Duma mm. Get, I think you want to call it Duma Get. Cool stuff. Um, and I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's all on you. Yeah, you can pop onto our Facebook. Yep. Stay Awake Official. Um, cool. All the details are on there. Awesome. Jordan, have you got anything you want to promote today? Yeah, I have a little bit of promotion for the venue today, the Sportsman. Wonderful. Located here on Soy 13, Bangkok, Thailand. Suck so Yep. 
they have a few specials going on right now. They got a five bottle beer bucket uh, deal, five hundred fifty baht all day. I'm assuming that's all night as well. They also have a pint and pie lunchtime deal for two hundred fifty baht. Wow! Which is and the per- pies? I think are great. the pi- I think the pies They're alone really are about two hundred baht. Yeah. So I mean, you're getting a pint and a, a meal for two hundred fifty baht. Yeah, and they also got a uh, happy hour from 12 to 7, 99 bot beers on uh, selected selected draft beers and bottled beers. Awesome. So. Yep. Awesome. Suck on bit 13, Sportsman. You can catch us, uh, come to us and, and see, come, come and see us. Come and see us at uh, our Facebook page, This Strength Life, or on the interweb at thisstrength.life. Thanks, strangers. We've been uh, Mike, Jordan, and Paul. And Jen just popped off already. So, yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Love you all. Cheers, mate. Cheers.
I can't shoot the I can't shoot the I can't stop the icons. I can't shoot the I can't shoot the I can't stop the icons. I can't shoot the I can't shoot the I can't fuck the icons. I can't shoot the I can't shoot the I can't fuck the icons. <laughs>